time. 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 It's time to get back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. All right, here we go. Hour number two of the show, Off and Running. Live from Omaha. I haven't left yet. Some people have. I haven't. The team left even. A couple hours ago, Everett took two buses. Well, he drove one. Somebody else drove the other. But they loaded the team up and the staff took them to the airport. They're on their way back. Supposed to get there in about half an hour. Uh, so they're, they're, they're getting real close to home by now. Uh, I'm still here in Omaha broadcasting live to, with you here in the Taking Farm Bureau the studio. Team, Matthew. Taking one for the team. Nice pun there. Oh, good old buddy, old pal Bill. Nice pun. Yeah, in the Farm Bureau studio still, and I'm here in the Hilton where I've been all week long. We've got fans that are still hanging out and celebrating and whatnot. And on that note, let's get into it right now here in hour number two. Russell texted the show, and he said that what made it even better last night before the team came back here to the hotel, Russell says Coach Polk and Rafael Palmero came into the lobby of the packed Omaha Hilton. This is where I'm sitting right now and gave a, uh, about a minute speech with tears in their eyes, and there was not a dry eye in the place. Russell, what a moment. Speaking of Ron Polk, I caught up with Coach Polk just a little bit ago. He sat down beside me, and we chatted about the experience and his thoughts on the game, the program, and the moment. Here's that conversation with Ron Polk. Coach, take me through your emotions as you were watching that unfold for Mississippi State last night. Well, I'm not that much of an emotional guy, but I, th- I wanted to stay up in the suite that they put me in to, to watch it from above, the kids' dog pal, and get the championship trophy. You go in the field and, you know, just feel like you, you know, you're bothering people and all that. I just wanted to let them, let my eyes just see the, the joy they had and then look around at all the fans that are around me and all the text I got <laughs> and messages. And the kids got so many, I mean, this is a big day in the in Mississippi history, uh, sports history in Mississippi State. It's a long time coming. I started 46 years ago in Mississippi State, and we had a, some cows in left field watching us play from the left field fence. And till the day now, we are national champions. But uh, it's great for the kids and Chris Lamontis and his staff and all the fans. I mean, our fans were may have been the difference. I don't think Vanderbilt felt uh, that they were the home team at all. No. Uh, um. I'm, I'm watching the game, previewing the game yesterday. I talked a lot about Kumar Rocker. He had been so good, so dominant in elimination games. Not that as a fan you were afraid, you just knew it was a steep challenge. And then Rowdy, the first pitch he sees of the ball game, singles into right field. Could you argue, would you argue, that maybe that was the biggest at bat of the ball game to start it off that way? Well, I think it didn't help his confidence, Rocker, but uh, I'm mean, just watching him. I've seen him on TV a few times. I, I don't know if he's tired physically and mentally. I mean, it's, it's exhausting doing what he's done. What a yeah. great career he's had. And just in you know, Jack Leiter, you got to tip your cap to him. And Jack pitched very well against us. But uh, it didn't look like uh, I talked to one of our players uh, after the game in the hotel because he faced Rocker earlier with Vanderbilt. He said it was nothing like what, what they saw at Vanderbilt. So he was either tired physically or maybe our fans wore him out. I don't know what it was. but. You know, we, we scored some runs, and they didn't play as good a defense as they've had in the past, and they really didn't swing the bat that well in this tournament. So, you know, we deserve to win it. When you when you win the game by that margin of victory and they get, what, one hit, I, I think uh, it shows that Mississippi State was the best team last night. What, what was your thoughts as you watched Will Bednar, not just last night against Vandy, but what Will was able to do this entire time here in Omaha? 
Well, you know, I just met Will this year because I just got back a uh, special assistant the AD, and so I didn't know anything about him. And then I saw him in the fall and thought he was pretty special. But I think the thing about him is he's, he really, uh, his body language is great. I mean, he's just cool customer, competes, great kid, great smile, good family. Met his dad as a high school coach, his brother's with the Pirates right now in the big leagues with Chris Stratton and Adam Fraser, our two guys. And, just a classy kid. I'm just happy for him, but I don't think we're going to see very much of him anymore. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, you mentioned cool and calm. I'm watching a lot of the, you know, post-game interviews that Will did. And even last night, you know, you won a national championship. And he's the same. Like that, after a big win, you know, after all the strikeouts against Texas, or whether it's after an outing, it didn't really go his way. The Ole Miss uh, this year. He was just the same. His heartbeat was the same. Is that what? Is that perfect for a starting pitcher? I kind of like it that way. I think <laughs> I think managers and coaches and pitching coaches like it that way. It's a, you know, it's a, just like you know with with Christian McLeod. I mean, he's going to recover from this. He just had two bad outings. Unfortunately, he was in Omaha, but uh, told him and told his family, told his girlfriend that uh, you know what a great kid he is, and he uh, he'll get over this. It's just one of those weeks. I mean, sometimes you. You have a good uh, hitting uh, experience and sometimes a bad one. Same thing with pitching, but, uh, you know, that it happens. And it's, But they're kids. And this is a, you know, I got interviewed by an SEC guy yesterday or whatever, and he thought we had a tremendous home field advantage. But I thought, yeah, we play in front of a lot of people. Our kids are used to playing in front of a lot of people. It's just a matter that this is a little bit different element with ESPN and all the other things going on. And it's, Hotel rooms packed and fans all over them, autographs. That maybe Vanderbilt has a little bit of an edge in regard to they don't have those distractions, but it's proved to be the case. Our kids uh, rebounded from that because there's a lot of distractions here. This town and the people here, you know, uh, the local people, it really is an incredible event, isn't it? The way they come together and put this thing on. Again. Well, to build a stadium for just seven days is amazing. You know, looking at the suites I was in last night, the, the, the areas around the suites. I mean, this is a tremendous facility. I really miss the old one, too, because I spent most of my coaching career there. Yeah. But uh, Noam, uh, I used to come all the time because uh, uh, I did some clinics here, did some recruiting here, and I also I was the president of the baseball coaches. And I had to come to meetings all the time, and for 25 years, I was on the All-American Selection Committee, which we picked right here. So, and then the times I coached here. So I, I kind of feel like I'm an honorary citizen of Omaha. But they love this. And NCAA one time was putting it out on bid to see if some other city would give more money. And I said, why would you leave it? Looks like the SEC with Hoover. Why would you leave Hoover, Alabama? And uh, so they thankfully didn't go but the money. They stayed with their heart and left it in a... In the Midwest, right, where everybody can get to easy. It's a beautiful city now. It used to be kind of a bad downtown area, but they've really done a great job with the city and the hotels and everything else. So it's the place to be, and it'll be here forever. Um, you know, well, you mentioned Hoover. They gave you your own smoking porch in Hoover. No, they done it. No. They've done anything like that here? <laughs> no, I don't tell the police department in Hoover <laughs> that. No, in Wright Field, I've been there so many years. In Wright Field, if people go to Hoover, you see Wright Field over the fence. There's a little picnic area up there with some benches, and that's where I smoke my cigars. So someone said that's Polk's Cigar Lounge. Yeah. But, uh, it's not legal. Not legal. Um, I thought about you last night. Um, 
I got in a position up the first base, behind the first base dugout, but up behind the rail so I could see down all the fans and I wanted to shoot with my camera that angle of the dog mile. About three rows in front of me, sitting next to each other, Brad Freeman and Barry Patton. Uh, two teammates played for you and came on back-to-back -back trips in the late 90s together. Brad is shortstop, Barry the catcher. And now they're like me, they're old. They're still in pretty good shape. But they were like kids. I watched them during that those last three outs, those last couple innings. They were like ten-year-old kids playing in little league. They were jumping on top of each other, hugging each other. Uh, at one point, uh, Brad knocked Barry's hat off. They hugged <laughs> so violently. I, I couldn't help but think, you know, what does this mean, a national championship for the program, for all these former players? Well, you know, a lot of teams win national championships. They got a fan base, but nothing like ours. I bet there was at least 150 of my former players here, uh, and I couldn't get to all of them. They said, I'd like to meet you, meet you, meet you. And Brad, I saw Brad, I didn't see Barry, I uh, saw so many of them. And uh, I think it's kind of, you know, Mississippi State, uh, you know, Mississippi, the state of Mississippi is kind of behind a little bit in regard to other areas. And they said, hey, we can win a national championship in a sport, one of the big sports, which is baseball. And I think our kids who have played at Mississippi State know what we went through to build the program and build the stadium, the first stadium, the second stadium, and get the cows out of the left field lounge and put people out there and what we went through. And they, they take pride. But you could imagine the phone calls, messages I had last night basically saying, you know, uh, this is this is our time. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's emotional, but... It was. Uh, I'm glad to hear Barry and Brad had a had a great time. At, but they weren't the only one having a good time last night. <laughs> That's for sure, no doubt about it. Coach Polk, uh, congrats. I think congratulations for you are certainly in order. I think most people would agree that you're probably not sitting here with a national title if you hadn't done what you did and starting the program all those years and putting in the time and the effort to build it to what it is. So. Hats off to you as well. Well, thanks, Matt. You've been special to Mississippi State and continue doing what you're doing. I'm heading to Omaha. I mean, heading, heading to <laughs> the Cape Cod. But you got away today, though, right? Yeah, that's the bad thing. I got away today because I can't get into Providence on July 4th weekend. But uh, thankfully, we have an off day in the Cape, so I've only missed four days, four games. Okay. Coach, thank you. Thanks, Matt. That is uh, my conversation here in the hotel with Coach Ron Polk. That was just a few minutes ago. Uh, and you hear that conversation with him, a lot to celebrate. I think it's personal for him uh, because the program itself is personal, every bit of it for Ron Polk, and that's why he's here and that's why he's around. And just like last night, that's why he gives a speech in the lobby of the hotel after the game. Not a, You could have heard a pin drop, according to those who were here, and there was not a dry eye here, according to those that were here. You know, another guy for whom it is personal, he played here, he coached this baseball team, and now he's the athletics director over the program, and he hired Chris Lamonis to coach the team when a lot of people criticized that and said that he should have stuck with Gary Henderson, the interim coach who took him to the College World Series back in 2018. John Cohen, the athletics director, same thing, caught up with him here uh, over to my left here in the hotel lobby just a little bit ago. Here's that conversation with John Cohen. John, congrats. Yeah, so proud of our kids and our staff, and quite frankly, more than anything, I'm really happy for our fans. This is something they have earned. It's something they deserve. And to watch them celebrate last night is going to be one of the great joys in, in my life. Um, I, I don't, I've run out of words to describe in trying to just paint the picture for somebody who wasn't there. 
Um, and two nights ago, I was unsure you could top it, what you had in game two. But it topped it last night by about the third inning. I felt like it was full. And, you know, I mean, is there any question that State's crowd was a big reason they overwhelmed Vanderbilt? Well, you know, as a former player, I can tell you, I know, and a coach, I can tell you, you want to live up to the standard that your crowd is setting for you. And, you know, listen, we beat a very good baseball team and a very good program last night. Tim Corbin's an excellent coach. They run a great program. Um, but I'm just going to say this. I, I think our kids wanted it more. Um, I, I, you know, it's amazing. Bednar on three days rest was better than, than Rocker on four days rest. And um, I, I think it says a lot about our kids. You know, this is an old saying, Matt, and you, and you know this, but that name on the front of their uniform means a hell of a lot more to these kids than the name on the back. And you and I documented this well, but I'm going to say it again. These kids are paying out of their own pockets and their parents' pockets for the privilege to put that M over S uh, on on their jersey every single day and put that jersey on. And I, I don't think that's to be taken lightly. Um, so many sports that you watch, you know, kids are on full scholarships and they deserve it. I'm not taking anything away from them at all because they, they earn it and they deserve it. But I think our baseball kids deserve it too. And to know in an environment like this, I look at the parents and see how much money they're spending out of their own pocket just to watch and support their own children and how much they're paying for their kids to attend Mississippi State University. Um, I don't take any of that lightly because we, we use the word investment a lot, but boy, that, that word is never so important as when you're describing college baseball players, but especially our Mississippi State baseball players. John Cohen on your radio right now. Uh, I'm still in Omaha. Uh, team, by the time you guys hear this on the radio, team and staff will be on their way home. And if there are details about when and where on campus, I'll get those to you shortly, so stay tuned for that. John, could you argue, would you argue that maybe the most important at-bat in the entire game was the first one, the first swing by Rowdy Jordan? Yeah, I, w I would say that for sure. I would say Clark's home run was a big momentum changer in the game. And, um, you know, even some of those at-bats, though, early, where we have seven, eight, nine pitch at-bats early in a ball game where we don't get to hit, that really grinded out uh, Rocker, who, by the way, is a fabulous pitcher. You know, in a couple of weeks, he's going to be one of the top ten uh, players taken overall. Very deserving. Um, he competed pretty hard, too. Um but our kids just grinded it out. They knew that on short rest, the pitch count situation was crucial to be able to win this championship, and they really executed a plan. One of the things in the news today is obviously July 1st and the name, image, and likeness possibilities for athletes. And, you know, maybe it was the wrong time for the thought, but I had it, and it was last night. You know, around maybe 1 a.m., I thought, man, Kellum Clark, He's got some opportunities now, and that swing, is is the department at State ready to handle that stuff? Yeah, you know, we're, we we hired Lee Van Horn, fresh out of law school, who, who will head up name, image, and likeness for us, along with our compliance director, Steve Smith, and of course, Bracky Brett has done such a long time guiding that area as well, along with Beth Hopper and our whole group. They will have to, they, they'll have their hands full because this baseball team will have opportunities. They've earned those opportunities. And even though, Matt, I, 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 in the beginning I was very cautious or, or concerned about how this would play out, again, um, for our, our players who are paying their own way to be baseball players at Mississippi State, 
for them to have the opportunity to go out into Mississippi and parts beyond to, to earn on their own and, and help offset some of those costs, I, I'm, I'm all for. And again, our state law, which was an, it will be enacted today, July 1, goes into effect. Uh, Mississippi State University can't be a part of anything setting those things up forward, either directly or indirectly. But I know the, the ingenuity of our kids, um, I, and I'm sure that they will go out and, and uh, create some opportunities for themselves. Sure. Uh, John, obviously the AD now, the former coach uh, of the program and former player, okay? So you've got this history. I thought about you and others. Last night I was standing uh, in a particular spot on the uh, behind our dugout to make sure I got a video shot of the dog pile. And so in those last several innings and outs, I watched two guys sitting in front of me. It was Brad Freeman and Barry Patton. They had seats next to each other. And I watched those two. They had no idea I was watching them. And, you know, they were on the same team, back-to-back trips to Omaha in the 90s. Brad's a shortstop. Barry's a catcher for those listening. And they were like kids. They were like 10-year-old kids in the Little League hugging each other and screaming and yelling jumping on top of each other. I couldn't help but think, what does this mean for every former player? Yeah, I, I'm just going to keep using the word investment. How about Jonathan Papelbon, you know, being here? Um, how about Paul Mahalam being here? Rafi. How about Jay Powell being here? Rafael Palmero being here? Um, and that's just to name a few. I saw Luis Pogliarena. These guys are digging into their own pockets to come and support these kids and this cause, which is something bigger than any one of us, Mississippi State Baseball and Mississippi State University in general. Um, it, how, how are you not? How can you not be moved by that? I mean, I, I had several emotions uh, when I observed the same things you did, and I couldn't be more proud of an entire university just to see to be on the field with Dr. Mark Keenum, who has put so much into not only athletics but every part of this university, and to see the last 15 months he has had with his leadership in a COVID environment on our campus, uh, you know, with, with 7,500 faculty and staff and 23,000 students, I, I just, I will look back at this as one of the great moments in my life, just to be able to reflect on and see the total investment of a group of people for one cause. Is there validation for you of the decision you made? I mean, obviously, when, um, you know, there might have been some pressure to hire Gary Henderson after the run to Omaha, but instead you felt like maybe the right thing to do was to go hire Chris Lamonis. Well, we had a lot of good options, Matt. Um, but in the end, there was this thing when I sat down with Chris, and I'd known Chris for a while. We recruited against each other. He's at Louisville, and, of course, they absolutely crushed it at Louisville, put the whole thing on the map. But there were these little signs, and, and as, as the more I talked to Chris about this position, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm just going to be honest, the more he reminded me of a younger version of Ron Pohl. Um I just got this sense after talking to many of his players in the process, he was a guy who could instill discipline. He was a guy that the players loved. He's a guy that they would run through brick walls for. He assembled a wonderful staff. Can't, cannot underestimate how important Jake Gotro is and Cheese and Fox and what these, these guys did for this ball club. Um, I, I, I couldn't be more proud, but yeah, I feel like it, it was the right decision. It was a tough decision. Gary Henderson, one of my, my closest friends, and, you know, he, he's now the head coach at Utah. You know, that you just got to look up above and, and, and hope and pray that things work out, and they have. Um, but, but more than anything, again, I, 
I, I, there's so many people who are involved. This kind of thing doesn't happen because one or two people. It happens because a large group of people have a common cause, and and we saw the culmination of that last night. Last thing, uh, where were you when the last out happened? Yeah, I'm standing right behind home plate um, with the committee members, and those folks were so good to me, even though I got kicked out of almost every meeting, <laughs> um, you know, for, for, for obvious reasons. But, uh, yeah, just... Just was trying to soak in that last inning. You know, I when I'm watching us perform, I there are many times where I have to be alone so I can kind of identify and see the things I, ha- I need to see as a as an athletic director. And uh, but those last three outs were something I will always cherish. Thanks, John. Thank you, Matt. All right, this is John Cohen talking with uh, John just a little bit ago over here to uh, kind of to my left of where I'm actually sitting right now here at the hotel lobby in uh, omaha and still fans you know bill uh i gotta tell you it was interesting uh teams already on their way back to starkville details on on some stuff from that coming up Uh, they're already on their way back still a lot of fans here still at the hotel and i just randomly it's funny i see people walk up and they give each other high fives uh while we were hearing the conversation i just had with john cohen um two fans met kind of cross paths in the walkway right here in front of me and they did a big high five and a we did it <laughs> you know <laughs> so it's really interesting to just kind of observe and take all this in so hope you all are enjoying that now we got more coming your way uh next we're going to hear what tanner allen will bednar uh kumar rocker some of these players involved in a ball game last night had to say we're going to hear that i'll have details for you of the event that's going to happen tomorrow in Starkville, Times Places, that's uh, going to celebrate the championship. They're going to have an event tomorrow on July the 2nd. I'll give you those details and more when we come back. I'm Matt in the Bureau. Stick around. He's going all the way. Bring it up, bring it up, bring it up. With playoff caliber sports talk, it's the Matt Wyatt Show. Three minutes of your life right now. All right, back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, the mobile version of the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, uh, live for the fourth consecutive day from the uh, Hilton in downtown Omaha, Nebraska. Yesterday it was previewing the uh, final game, the championship game, game three of the best of three series between Vandy and Mississippi State. We called it Championship Wednesday. Well, today it's reviewing Uh, how state got it done a nine zip win and you know we haven't we haven't looked at a box score we haven't really gone into specifics of the game or anything like that it has more or less just sort of been a celebratory show to use the words of one of the listeners who uh, texted the show and that's kind of the way it is we'll get into it and more coming your way Uh, later in the show we're going to talk with rick cleveland he's still here in omaha as well uh, Rick seeing something that, even though he's been covering Mississippi sports, what is it, 40, 50 years, almost 50 years, um, longest tenured, most well-known sports writer in our state at this point, but uh, seeing something for the first time. So we'll get his reaction. That's coming up. Later we'll talk to Charlie Winfield, the other half of the Out of Left Field podcast. We talked to Bart earlier. I'm going to have a chance for you to hear what Coach Chris Lamonis said in his post-game Q&A with media. I thought it was really good. You know, a lot of the Q&As are, are very much the same throughout the year. Well, this one was decidedly different. 
we'll get to that as well. And then in just you know a minute or two here, when I stop talking, I'm going to let you hear uh, some of the comments last night from guys like Tanner Allen, Will Bednar, and if we have time, uh, a Kumar Rocker, we'll get him in there as well. Let me give you some details, though, first. Um, there is going to be a parade in Starkville tomorrow. Tomorrow, July the 2nd, the school has announced it. I put a link. If you need details, I put the link to the story at hailstate.com on my Twitter feed. It's at Radio White if you want to find me there on Twitter. Don't follow me. Follow Jesus, but you can see it on my Twitter feed, at Radio Wyatt. Uh, 5.30 p.m. downtown Starkville tomorrow, a parade will begin. That parade celebrating the state's championship will culminate at Duty Noble Field. So you're going to have at least a good hour's worth of an event parading around. Um, and so that'll be fun. You'll line the streets, and it'll be a heck of a scene if you want to be a part of that. Get details there at hailstate.com. Okay, so in the parade and kind of leading it, the uh, American Baseball Coaches Association National Player of the Year. He is the SEC Player of the Year. Mississippi State's right fielder, Tanner Allen. <clears throat> Heck of a ball game last night at the plate for Tanner. This is uh, Tanner Allen's post-game comments, courtesy of NCAA Media. Uh, Steve Roberts from jeanspage.com. Uh, T.A., a lot of water under the bridge for you since you've uh, shown up in Mississippi State. Can you describe uh, how you're feeling right now and what it feels like to bring this first championship home? Man, I'm on top of the world. I couldn't be more happy for a team, a town, a fan base, the whole state of Mississippi except Oxford, of course. Those guys are always on my back, so I had to take a shot at them. But, uh, man, th this team overcame everything, man. From getting swept at home in front of 10,000 versus Arkansas to Missouri coming in and, and taking a series from us and then getting embarrassed at the SEC tournament, we just kept playing and kept playing and kept playing. And you blink of an eye, we're national champions, man. God is so good. Okay, our next question will be from David Murray. David Murray, Gene Space, 24-7. Tanner, we were talking to your coach about how loose y'all were going this game, and, and you've been a loose bunch most of the year, but how did you and other players just stay relaxed and in the moment and not think about this is all or nothing this is for a championship and treat it like a ball game? Yes, sir. We just we just take it one pitch at a time. We're locked in. We knew what was at stake. We knew going into this game we had an opportunity to do something that had never been done, and uh, we just came together and played with each other. And I uh, left it all on the field and let God take over, man. And uh, like I said, we're, we're not a chance. Mission accomplished. Next question will come from Michael Ferrara. Hi, Tanner. Michael Ferrara here with Berg Sports Network. You're a senior. You know, you come out on top as a senior. What's it like to go out with this senior class and your coach? What has he meant to you throughout your whole Mississippi State career? Coach Lim is unbelievable, man. He's a player's coach. I tell everybody all the time, you know, that guy is somebody you want to play for. He he, he knows when to be serious and he knows when to be loose. And, and to be honest with you, when we're loose and he's loose, it's just it just clicks. So he's a great coach. He's really organized. He does the things the right way. Jake said it a while back, I think in 19, that he was going to bring home a national championship, and by God, he did it. And I couldn't be more happy for him. Okay, we'll go back to Steve Robertson. Hey, 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 a couple of Alabama guys, you and Roddy come in here and lead this program. What's he meant to you? It's just, I didn't want to do it with anybody else. Let's put it like that. 
in the fall, me and Roddy came back. We were like, man, I didn't just come back to, to make the playoffs or, or make a super regional. I wanted to come back to win a national championship, and I believed it, and we all believed it, you know, and just came together and uh, played together. And like I said, we left it all on the field. Okay, any more questions for Tanner? Oh, seen one from Theo DeRosa. Uh, the pitching that you guys had, specifically Will and Landon, how important those guys to getting to this point? The, the bullpen did an outstanding job, uh, especially yesterday. Preston giving eating up innings for us, did an outstanding job. Gave Landon another day's rest, and um, you know, Willie B coming out on like three or four days of rest and doing what he did is just unbelievable, man. I couldn't be more happy for him. You know, I, I told Berkey earlier, Chris Berg, I said, man, I had a really good feeling we're up nine, and I see two, three come out of the pen. And uh, Landon did his thing like he always does and just slammed the door. All right, that's Tanner Allen, Q&A. Uh, apologize for the reverb, but that's on the NCAA's end. They're um, conducting those post-game interviews last night via Zoom. And so even though all those media you're hearing from, they're actually in person, uh, they're here, uh, they're in the press box. They can't go down just like in the regular season. So that was Tanner Allen after last night's win. Tanner had a couple of hits in the ball game. He'll finish the season with a 383 batting average. Will Bednar on the mound for Mississippi State was outstanding. Six innings of no-hit baseball. Left the game at 90 pitches. Uh, we learned that they could have gone out in the seventh. It's just that the uh, – uh, that uh, top of the seventh inning was such a long inning with State scoring four runs that there was uh, too much time elapsed. They felt like it wasn't safest for him to run him back out there. Here is Will Bednar, winning pitcher, after last night's game. Hi, Will. Michael Farrar here with Berg Sports Network. Two questions for you here. What's it like to be a national champion, and what's it like to play for your coach? Oh, that's the greatest feeling ever to be a national champion, um, You know, especially this group of guys. Uh, we worked so hard to get here, and... I mean, this is awesome. It's, it's unbelievable. Okay, our next question will be from Robbie Falk. Will, Robbie Falk from Starwood Daily News and 247 Sports. It looks like the effects of three days rest might have been there from the control standpoint, but you just kept gritting out those innings, and then you were able to kind of pitch the contact and get, let your defense play behind you. How are you feeling out there, and, and what did that performance feel like that to, to put up zero runs in six innings like you did? It was awesome. I mean, it was incredible. You know, obviously that first uh, those first two innings were a little shaky, um, but you know I was able to get in a groove there and, and really let my defense play behind me. Um, you know, we got a lot of studs back there, so um, you know I might as well just let them let them hit the ball. Um, and, you know, it, it was good. You know, it was good to be out there, and I, I could just a little, a little tired there at the end, but um, it, it was awesome. Okay, our next question will be from Nick Suss. Will has it set into you just how well? you pitched these last three outings to kind of deliver your team a championship. I, I know you have the most outstanding trophy hardware, but I mean, that was a legendary performance you just pulled off. Uh, it really hadn't set in. I mean, I kind of just went out there and, and treated it like every other outing, um, to be honest with you. Um, so I just kind of, you know, treated it like it was any other game and, and uh, just kind of rolled with it. Okay, we'll go to Elizabeth Merrill. Elizabeth Merrill, ESPN.com. Will, could you describe the bargaining or whatever it is that went through uh, as you were trying to pitch another inning, both in the, I think, the sixth and the seventh? 
Um, it was just kind of back and forth, just talk about how I felt and kind of where pitch count was at and just 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 that kind of stuff. I mean, it wasn't wasn't really any crazy bargaining. Um, it was just me telling them how I felt and, and how everything was feeling. Okay, we'll go back to Robbie Falk. Well, obviously a big day coming up uh, down the line later next month, uh, and I guess that decision will come. But if this is your last game at Mississippi State, what's it meant to pitch here and, and to close it out like this? Oh, it means the world. I mean, uh, the, the the Mississippi State baseball fans deserve it. Um, you know, we got the greatest fans in the world, um, and they, they've been supporting us from day one. So it's, it's awesome to be able to deliver that to them. Okay, our next question will go back from Nick to Nick Suss. Did you uh, did you give any guff to Landon for not finishing off the no hitter? No, not really. I mean, I'm sure I'll probably give him uh, bust his chops tomorrow. But uh, you know, I mean, one national championship, I, I don't really care all that much. Um, you know, it's 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 I, I really couldn't care less about that right now. I mean, I'm, I'm on cloud nine. Our next question will be from John Nayatawa. Yeah, John Nayatawa with the Omaha World Herald. Um, what, what, what's the feeling like when your teammates are kind of giving you the, the hugs and the high fives in the dugout after your performance? You know your day is done. Um, do, do you allow yourself to reflect at all in that moment? Or, or I guess, I mean, how, how do you, do you remember sort of what you were thinking then? Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's awesome to have their support. Um, got some awesome teammates, but kind of after that, I was kind of right back into, you know, just blacking out. Trying yeah, we'll have to bring that down. Music's going to cut it off right there. A little bit of Will Bednar after last night's ball game as well. I'm live in Omaha. We still have time left to kind of get your reaction. Y'all text me on the country, please, and text line at uh, 885-ESPN. It's a 601 number, 885-ESPN. Rick Cleveland of Mississippi Today. Coming up next, y'all stick around. Are you ready? Yeah! Now back to the guy who loves his banana pudding. It's the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. All right, back with you. Continuing along here at hour number two of the show. I'm live still in Omaha, Nebraska, here at the uh, uh, Hilton in downtown Omaha, just across the street from TD Ameritrade, where it went down last night. Stayed a 9 to nothing win. National champs. First time we've seen it. Rick Cleveland has been covering Mississippi State sports and any of the rest of us, than a lot of us combined. And um, it's the first time he's seen it as well and he's on your radio right now he's in omaha as well he's just on the other side of town so we're on the phone with him uh rick thanks for a little bit of time um how do you you're the one who does the best job of anybody coming up with the right words to describe something how do you sum this one up i don't know man i mean it's uh, i'll tell you what i've been doing what i do for over 50 years and uh i have never ever seen one team's fan base enjoy and embrace a situation like like I've seen Mississippi State people do here. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and and Matt, I, you know, I don't think you can over. I don't think it can can possibly be overstated what a difference the people made and what right. happened. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I agree with that totally, uh, Rick, especially once you got to this three-game championship because the two-game state won, and it got started in that game two when Vandy had a 17-year-old uber talent on the mound, but he's still 17, and there were 23,000 people jumping all over him in the top of the first, the first time he missed the strike zone. I, I mean, and... You know, Rick, I wonder, last night, it was not only was it like a Mississippi State home game, it was like a celebration of Mississippi State with Papelbon on the video board and all that. You would have thought State was the team in the fan base with multiple national championships under its belt already, not Vanderbilt. Well, I've told many people this since it happened, and actually before this happened, that What's really amazing when you look back on the history of it is that it hadn't happened before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm just here to tell you that I've, I've seen state teams that were that were at least as good and probably a couple that were better than this team is this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just wrote about this just a few minutes ago. And it, winning a national championship it's about a whole lot more than being good. Uh, it's about being good at the right time. It's about getting hot at the right time. It's about everybody contributing. Uh, and and that's, that's what we've seen here. It, and it's also about getting breaks, too. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not saying State got an inordinate amount of good breaks, but how many times do you see a ball stick in the webbing of a shortstop's glove? Right. You know? That's right. I mean, it, it, it takes a lot of things. I think uh, Booth Bear said it best to me a long time ago. He said, you know, baseball's funny. There's a lot of pebbles out on that field. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, we always talk about the football being oblong. You never know which way it's going to bounce. But that those crazy things do happen in baseball, and they've got to go your way. And, you know, that's I, right. I, and, and you're exactly right. It sticks in the webbing. Um, a freshman's got to hit a home run for you. And, yeah. you know, I, Rick, um, obviously the home run, the three-run home run for Kellum Clark was the, the smash that put everything in celebration mode. But – I mean, Rowdy Jordan's at bat. First pitch he sees, first pitch of the game is a single in the right field. I think that was the biggest at bat of the ball game. What do you think? Oh, it, it set the tone. It, it definitely set the tone for the game. And, you know, if you've watched Rowdy play, you know, like we have for these last few years, would you really expect anything different? Right. You know, the, here's the deal. The main guys, the guys that have been there, the, the stars, as you put it, as, as we put it, mm-hmm. you know, the Rowdy Jordans and the Tanner Allens and the Randy, uh, the Landon Sims and the Will Bednars, they all, they all did what they do. But to win a championship, you also got to have, uh, you know, you got to have the Juco Bandits. Yeah. You got <laughs> You 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 got to have contributions from uh, players that you weren't necessarily expecting them from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've written it two or three times this week. It takes a village, and and uh, that's what we've seen. God, what a village it's been. 
No doubt. Rick Cleveland on your radio right now. Rick, last thing for you. I know you got to uh, get moving. Um, when you kind of look across the span of John Cohen's career, okay, as a player, he's playing with Clark and Paul Merrill and those guys, coaches the, the baseball team to the finals in Omaha, and then hires the guy who gets him to Omaha and wins it. Where does where does John Cohen's career stack up? Well, I mean, we're still in the middle of it. But, uh, <laughs> I'll say this: it looks like right now that the, the hire of Chris Lamonis was uh, was was a damn good one. You no. know, uh, he. Uh, and, you know, the whole thing with the stadium, uh, how many other baseball programs in the world would tear down what was already one of the best stadiums in college baseball and build a palace, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just goes, it goes back to states' uh, embrace of college baseball. There is not a fan base in America that, that, uh, that does college baseball like Mississippi State. Yep, that's exactly right. Hey, Rick, uh, I thank you. It was good to get to bump into you, even though you were working and I was too. Good to get to bump into you in the press box at TD Ameritrade. Safe travels home. We're looking forward to reading your coverage as always. Thank you. All right, Matt. You take care. Be careful. All right, you too. Thank you. That's Rick Cleveland. Y'all follow him on Twitter, Rick underscore Cleveland. He's with uh, Mississippi Today. You'll find his writings and coverage of this College World Series there at Mississippi Today. Um, and as always, kind of a, you know, a succinct way of describing stuff. That's why I wanted to talk to Rick. really curious how he would. And, and you notice the first thing he points to, you know, I don't think I've ever seen a fan base just completely take over and own a. He, he didn't say a, a game or a team. He said a situation. And I think that's what you had here. I mean, for anybody that was going to face state. It was a situation that you had to manage that was completely dominated by the Mississippi State fan base. And it, it, there is no question that it had an effect on the outcome of these games here. There, no, no question in my mind anyway. You, you know, somebody else may disagree. All right, country please and text line real quick uh, as we finish up hour number two with you as I'm broadcasting to you for the fourth consecutive day here live in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, Jeff in St. Joseph says, proud alum living in Illinois who shed many tears last night. Well, you weren't alone in that, Jeff. I saw it with my own eyes in the stadium. Uh, Jeff says, is there any news on television coverage of the parade and rally tomorrow night at SEC Network, you know, of our regional sports network? I have not seen those details, and if it's not in the article that you see about that parade, uh, Jeff, at HailState.com, then, then maybe there is none. I don't know. Um, certainly if it was going to be carried or if it was going to be broadcast in somewhere in the SEC network, that would be a part of those details in the, in the press release. You know, the thing about that is I'm not sure how they do it without, um, you know, a pretty significant setup because they're going to start that thing downtown. It's not like they're doing something just at your sporting venue at Duty Noble where you've already got cameras set up. I mean, this is going to be a parade that's going to move from starting in downtown Starkville and go all the way onto campus into the baseball stadium. But I'm sure that's so that people can line the streets just kind of wherever they are without having to all cram into one place. And it will start at 530. Now, there will be lots of tweets and 
there'll be hundreds of those, you know, uh, tweets and cell phone videos will pop up, and I'm sure that that bivy of t- uh, sorry video production crew that follows Mississippi State around and has been here in Omaha, they'll be doing the same thing. So those videos and things will come out. And I know why you're asking, obviously, it's because you're in Illinois and not able to get to Starkville for that. But I would say to you, don't worry. There will be plenty of video coverage. It just may not be the live variety. And we'll see if anything pops up. There was an interesting story here that came in earlier on the Country Pleasing Sauces text line from uh, Deep South Power Washing. says, um, I knew I had to be there. I couldn't get anyone I knew on board to go. Bought a ticket, booked a room, planning on going up there alone. Ended up deciding to pick up a complete stranger from Twitter. Ended up making a lifelong friend, and we had the time of our lives. Says, I would have called in, but I didn't have any voice left. And he nicknamed his new friend Ryder. <laughs> so, you know, I need more details on that. Uh, like, how do you meet a stranger on Twitter? Just, well, hey, they need a ride. It's like that movie Dumb and Dumber. Hey, he needs a ride. Well, pick him up. Beer Slayer's on his way home. Flight got delayed. They're in, he's in the air now. Um, somebody had texted me. That, you know, a little bit ago, I guess we're probably a half an hour ago, the Mississippi State plane and players who left here uh, earlier this morning already landed. So that's good news. That is good news. David Texan said, I'm on the outside looking in, but I think that State had so many fans in there, I believe, at the same time, they all wanted to see it all at the same time. There ain't no doubt about that. All right, that wraps up Hour 2. If you leave us, have a good night. If not, stick around for Hour number 3. I'm Matt in the Bureau. Stay with us.